0: Who has the best record in the AFC South over the last decade? And I don't think you're going to be surprised about who has the worst. Trace Jackson Davis could wind up his four-year career at Indiana. This sounds odd because you don't think of of Trace Jackson Davis in this way. But he could wind up on the Mount Rushmore of all-time Indiana University greats over his four-year career. The COVID year of extra eligibility is going to wreck all kinds of records. You know, like Jordan Bohannon has hit the most threes or whatever. Brad Davison has played the most games. You got a bunch of guys who played five full seasons and are going to play five full seasons. Trace Jackson Davis, over the course of four years, if he stays for just that one more year, could wind up in the pantheon of Indiana greats. If he just plays a normal season, we'll talk about that, too. Qualifications at Indi- Indi- uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, fantastic yesterday. Really, really good stuff. Scott Dixon will sit on the pole for the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. The NBA playoffs, kind of wah, wah, not so great. Uh, a lot going on in the world of sports. Let's talk about the Colts first. This is Breakfast with Ken for... Monday, May, what is it? May 20-something or other, right? May 23rd, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call. 765-610-8809. The number, if you got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution. Smash the subscriber button. Smash the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports. And if you donate, ask a question, and I'll answer it immediately. Summertime, we get going a little bit later. Don't expect 7 o'clock starts for breakfast with Kent. All right, the AFC South records over the last 10 years, I don't think it's a big surprise that the Colts have the best record in the AFC South over that period of time. They've really had one bad season. That 4-12 and 12 season in 2017, that wasn't very good. Other than that, they have been really, really good. Winning records or non-losing records Almost throughout the entire decade, they have a 90 and 71 record over the last decade. Do the Indianapolis Colts, the Titans, second best in the AFC South, and this really speaks to the weakness of the division and why the Colts. I think the Colts are going to win it in 2022. I I think that the, the cream rises to the top. The Titans, 77 and 84 over the last decade, the Texans, 74 and 87. And the Jaguars, holy hell, how do the Colts keep losing to the Jaguars? They have a record of 42-119 and 119 over the last 10 years. That This is like a full season of Major League Baseball. 161 games. It's 162 for Major League Baseball. 161 have been played over the last decade by teams in the NFL. And the Jaguars are very, very close to losing... At a level that only the New York Mets in 1962 have lost at. That is outrageous. The Jaguars are terrible. One winning season over that period of time. Only one season with more than six wins. Four starting quarterbacks. uh, One playoff. Four coaches. The Colts, how about this? The Colts have had uh, people say that Jimmer says somehow is reactive in his leadership and does things to spur the moment. The Colts... Have had four coaches over those twenty years, right? That is, that's not a lot. That's very few. I other than the Steelers, I'm not sure that anybody has fewer than four. Uh, Steelers, of course, with Bill Cowher and Mike Tomlin. Uh, Colts over the uh, over those ten years, five starting quarterbacks, not including this year with with Matt Ryan. Five trips to the playoffs. Uh, Over the 10 years, two coaches, six winning seasons, all right? And uh, you know what? You look at the Colts last year, and you see that they may be on the precipice of really doing some good stuff with the uh, advent of Matt Ryan coming and Carson Wentz going. We'll get to that in a second. Um, But the odds for the Colts to win the AFC South, just about 500. Uh, just about 500 for the Titans too. Nobody believes that the Texans or the Jaguars has a chance to win the division. Nobody's betting that. The win total for the Colts is expected to be, or at least the betting line is nine and a half. So over would mean 10 and seven at worst. Under would mean nine and eight at worst. They're coming off a nine and eight season uh the odds to win the division like i said about even money the odds to win the afc 13 to 1 the odds to win the super bowl 25 to 1 i love the 13 to 1 to go to the super bowl i think the chiefs are taking a step back i think the bengal's are going to take a step back the titans have taken a step back unless everything falls together for them from a receiving perspective if the draft pick winds up paying off from arkansas he, he, but he ain't gonna be AJ Brown as a rookie. Robert Woods is coming off a torn ACL. He ain't gonna be uh, AJ Brown. They're taking a, they they went reverse a little bit. Derrick Henry's got to be healthy for that team to be as good as they need to be. But the Colts have an advantage at running back with Jonathan Taylor. So as long as Matt Ryan is good enough to kind of take pressure off Jonathan Taylor, we don't Colts fans should not want him to run for 1800 yards you run for 1800 yards you almost certainly put yourself in a box where you are not going to win a Super Bowl one guy in the history of the NFL has run for 1800 yards on a championship team that was Terrell Davis in 1998 he beat Jamal Anderson in that Super Bowl who also ran for over 1800 yards 1,800 yards is kind of a line of demarcation. You go over 1,800 yards as a running back, your team starts to go in reverse a little bit, and that's just the way it is. And if you look at the Colts' history, with Edger and James, how many Super Bowls did the Colts go to? Donut, right? Edge was awesome. Edge was really good. Edge was smart. He was a good receiver. He was a good blocker, really good running back who in his last year in 2005 put up more than 1500 yards right? then edge is allowed to sign elsewhere. the Colts they draft Joseph a die a die runs for about 450 fewer yards in 2006. what do the Colts do? They punch their ticket to go to the Super Bowl and then they do it again in 2009 with an undefeated 14 and0 regular season until they threw in the threw in the towel against the Jets I'm not saying that Joseph Adai is a better running back than, and a better winning running back than Edger and James, but if you run the football that much, if you rely on running the football to move the football, you put yourself kind of in a, you kind of stymie yourself, especially when you get to the playoffs, because playoff defenses are going to be able to stop the run. If you can throw the football and you are Kind of multiple in the way you throw the football, you got a real chance to go to the Super Bowl and the Colts are going to have to figure out a way to do that. Jonathan Taylor needs to be more versatile. Naheem Hines needs to be a bigger part of the offense. You got to get a way to get uh, Alec Pierce as a rookie to show out in a way that rookie wide receivers rarely do uh, and I think Jelani Woods has got to be the guy at tight end. I don't think Mo Cox is necessarily it, although he's going to get an opportunity to do it. All right. The Bengals last year. Why are we so bullish on the Colts? Look, here's what the Bengals did last year in trying to get to the Super Bowl and in succeeding in getting to the Super Bowl. They were 10 and 7, and they won three games by three points. All right. the uh, Joe Burrow... Had four or er, two fourth quarter comebacks. Carson Wentz had donut. No fourth quarter comebacks, no game winning drives, none. Matt Ryan had a few for the for the Falcons. This is uh he had four game winning drives and three fourth quarter comebacks. The Colts are gonna be in a position to win more games. Their schedule isn't as tough. Their team is likely better at more spots. That defense is going to be better as long as Stephon Gilmore can stay healthy and Yannick Ngakwe gets his typical eight to twelve sacks. All of a sudden, they become a better team. One thing that they got to account for: last year they were number one in turnover differential in the NFL. You got to continue to generate turnovers, despite the fact that every single team uh, of the last 13 that has generated 30 or more turnovers and the Colts were at 33 last year, has taken a step back in turnover generation by a minimum of six. It's important. All right, let's talk about Trace Jackson Davis. He's coming back to Indiana. We found that out on Friday. He is 294 rebounds behind Allen Henderson. Allen Henderson, the all-time leader at 1,091. That's within his ability to catch uh, Allen Henderson. He's going to have to average about nine rebounds a game in order to do it. But he can do that. He was in the eights last year. He can get to nine. He is 49 blocks behind Jeff Newton. Jeff Newton, the all-time leader at 227. That is, if he just continues to average the number of blocks that he has over his first three years at Indiana, he's going to catch Jeff Newton and become the all-time block leader. And he is just 412 points away from becoming the sixth Indiana University player in that program's history to score 2,000 points. He is uh, Mike Woodson's number five at 2,061. So uh, Trace Jackson Davis, I'm doing the math as quickly as I can. He is 473 points behind Mike Woodson. He can catch Mike Woodson and take over fifth He can also catch uh, A.J. Guyton at 2,100, Um, so he's 512 points behind Guyton. It's going to be really hard to catch 2,192. That's Don Schlunt. and he's not going to catch Steve Alford or Calvert Cheney. But points-wise, he can finish in the top four all-time. He can become the all-time rebounder, and he can become the all-time leader in blocks. That'd be, that'd be something. But what he's got to do, and this is how you measure all Indiana University basketball players, you measure by what you got in the south uh, end zone, right? South end of Assembly Hall. They got five big red hunks of fabric up there that say National Champions 1940, National Champions 1953, National Champions 1981. Wait, I skipped 76. National Champions 1976. 81-87. You need to put a banner up there to be considered one of the all-time greats at Indiana Is Trace Jackson Davis is going to be able to do it. I think they're going to win the Big Ten. They have the best roster in the Big Ten, and I think Mike Woodson with a really, really good roster is going to be a really, really good coach. I think he's one of those coaches who's going to lead his team kind of within a standard deviation of the quality of those players. You get a couple of recruits like Jalen Hood, Shafino, Malik Renault, You return four starters, you know what? And one of those starters is probably going to wind up on the bench, uh, Miller Kopp. So Indiana, in really good shape for 2022-2023, and Trace Jackson Davis, a huge part of that equation. Jackson Davis, Thompson, Geronimo, that is a really nice kind of 5-4-3, right? And then at the point, as long as... Uh, Xavier Johnson stays away from the, the wheel of his uh, Dodge uh, Charger. I, I think everything's going to be okay. Uh, yesterday, Justin Thomas won the PGA in the playoff. That was kind of fun, and you knew that the Pereira guy was going to choke it up on 18. You just knew. He took that hack swing, trying to hit the cut on 18. It didn't work out. It went in the creek. He double bogeys his way out of a playoff. All he had to do was bogey to get in the playoff winds up on the outside looking in, and so you had Will Zalatoris and Justin Thomas playing an aggregate three-hole kind of mini-match in order to determine the PGA winner. JT gets it done, ties the all-time deficit entering the fourth round. Uh, John Mahaffey in 1978. John Mahaffey, great guy. Talked to him up at Anderson Country Club uh, a couple of years ago. Just a great dude. And and, a great guy to talk uh, about Ben Hogan with. And I, I'm fascinated by Ben Hogan. So it was a real treat for me to talk to John for a while. Uh, Scott Dixon, like I said in the open, wins the poll yesterday 234.046. The fastest speed ever to qualify for the poll at Indy. Not the fastest qualification speed. Ari Dyke owns that all-time record at 236.986. Both of those marks. Scott Brayton, all-time poll leader until yesterday. And Ari Dyke in 1996. And they, uh, um, that's when, like there were no rules. That was just cool. And sadly, that's the year that Scott Brayton lost his life at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I was out there that day and it was absolutely horrible. Uh, Alex Pillow, second quick. Rhinus VK, third quick at Carpenter, Indy Zone, fourth quick. So there you go. The Indianapolis 500 will be this Sunday and you better not black it out locally on TV. What a shame that people are a little bit infirmed or, a, or people who are a little bit skittish about the continued threat of COVID, you know, that they can't watch the race live. I think that that'd be an utter tragedy uh, and a, a horrible decision by the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Let's celebrate some birthdays. The great Gary Brackett, middle linebacker for a lot of those great teams of the 2000s uh, for the Indianapolis Colts, celebrating a birthday. The great Linda Severino, Celebrating a birthday, happy birthday to Linda, Timothy Johnson, Abdul-Hakim Shabazz, celebrating a birthday, longtime radio host in town, Bob Walders, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. Just to show you that this is not a green screen, this is an actual backyard for the love of Pete. Um, We'll toggle over here. That's a Japanese maple right there. Talk to you later today inside Indiana Sports Now. I absolutely cannot wait to talk to you then. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? <gasps> Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, <mumbles> <sighs> oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-